Welcome to Free Christian Church of God's Audio Outreach Ministry. For more information regarding the audio outreach ministries, or to order past messages, please contact the church office at area code 419-596-3103 or visit our website at www.freecog.org. And now here's Pastor Jimmy Fry with today's message. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you that you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Uh, Lord, we thank you for uh, this word today, the Christmas story, uh, God, that which gives us great hope. Uh, Lord, I can't imagine the anticipation that the Old Testament believers would have had, but then to be the shepherd and see this fulfilled, but God, to know all this has happened, we have great anticipation with what is yet to come. God, thank you for the hope of Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. I, I, love, I love God's word. I, I have the best job in the world. Uh, the best job in the world. I get to study most of my week. And it's cool because I'm, I, I, I go through scripture. I go through word for word for word. If I'm going to preach on it, I want to know every single word of what I'm going to preach. And then you have to condense it into 40 minutes or 50 if you're dad. And um, get it all crammed in and you feel like you've exhausted the scripture and just now as I'm reading it to you I saw something that I didn't see this week uh, so maybe I'll catch up on that next week but the word of God just it just continues to bring it every single time you look at it uh, observe it meditate on it it brings you something uh, we'll never get to the bottom of it I love it that's what we're going to do for the rest of eternity so anyway I read a, a, from a pastor this week who wrote some time ago, I saw a picture of an old, burned-out mountain shack. All that remained was the chimney. The charred debris of what had been the family's sole possession. In front of this destroyed home stood an old grandfather-looking man dressed only in underclothes, with a small boy clutching a pair of patched overalls. It was evident the child was crying. Beneath the picture were the words which the artist felt the old man was speaking to the boy. They were simple words, yet they presented a profound theology and philosophy of life. Those words were, hush child, God ain't dead. What is hope? We hear about hope during the Christmas season, but this is a question that stirred in my soul this week. Typically, when we hear the word hope or we use the word hope, we use it in a way to express more uncertainty 
than certainty, don't we? I'll give you a minute to think it through. We typically use hope like we would use a rabbit's foot. We use it as a roll of the dice or our fingers crossed. We use hope as in wishful thinking. I would call the way we use hope today hesitant expectation. Right? I hope I get the job. I hope I can get there on time. I hope I don't get sick. I hope he gets better. I hope God hears my prayers. This is not the hope that Scripture speaks of. Though it has leaked into our minds and into our vocabularies. Where is it we find hope when hope is taken away? Is there ever hope when circumstances are hopeless? These two questions lead us to biblical hope. They lead us to Christian hope. In Scripture, hope is no longer a desire for a distant possibility. It becomes a passion for the promise. Biblical hope involves confidence and expectation that something good will happen no matter what. No matter how bleak, no matter how dark or how unlikely or how distant something is, when the Word of God tells us to hope in God, it doesn't mean close your eyes and cross your fingers. It's saying expect something from your good God. Hope in God. We can easily come to the conclusion that our problems will never be fixed. That the hurt is too much, that the brokenness is too much, and we can go from our vibrant, boisterous, God is big enough, or God is greater, to, ah. Oh, some things will never change. I call these people spiritual Eeyores. It's funny, I was finishing my sermon up Thursday night as the orchestra was rehearsing, uh, sitting back in the sound booth, and Judah was sitting behind me with his head on my shoulder, and I thought, you know, it'd be cute to put an Eeyore quote in here. So I googled some Eeyore quotes, and Judah looks over my shoulder, he says, what are you doing because there's just pictures of Eeyore on my screen. And I said, I'm studying for my sermon Sunday. Okay. <laughs> right? But how many times do we sound like a spiritual Eeyore? It could be worse. I'm not sure how, but it could be. Hope. <laughs> right? We begin to feel like our prayers bounce off the ceilings. We get this feeling that our hearts are being callous. Our words might express hope, but brokenness seems to be what headlines our life. We quietly begin to question, God, will you ever? Today, someone needs a thrill of hope. 
And, and my prayer this morning contained uh, Romans 15, 13. It says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Not just have hope, but that you might abound in hope. Hope that goes beyond the expected measure, that you might have a hope that surpasses, that you might have a hope that overflows. Sometimes I think it's simple. We, we just need to be reminded of the hope that we have. Sometimes we just need to hear the hope that Christ is still on the throne. Sometimes we need to revisit the hillside of the shepherds in the manger in the stable to be thrilled by hope again. And I don't mean hope as the world defines it. I mean Christian hope, biblical hope, hope that is divine, hope of heaven come down, hope that is a firm foundation, hope with a backbone, hope with a promise, unshakable hope that cannot be taken from us, hope that does not disappoint because he who promised is faithful and his faithfulness doesn't depend on me and you. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes a heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. I pray that today your heart can grab a hold of the promises of Scripture. If real hope is a passion for the promise, then what is a thrill of hope? Right? We, we sing about this thrill of hope at Christmas time. Luke 2.8 said, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. This announcement is made to shepherds of all people. And the announcement made at night... And this is no coincidence. It's all a part of this real promised hope that we have. Shepherds were lowly people. They were poor people, probably dirty people, right? I mean, they lived with sheep. In fact, their line of work as a shepherd would have made them ceremonially unclean. But not only that, because of their job and the demand of it, they would have to spend weeks at time away from the temple, meaning that they could not even go to the temple to be made ceremonially clean. They were not allowed in the temple courts. They were not allowed to be an active part of temple worship. The shepherds were isolated Seemingly hopeless. And at the moment described, in darkness. But they were keeping watch. Keeping watch, or more literally, watching the watches 
of night. This blew me away. In Scripture, we find there's, there's four watches of night. They're all mentioned in Scripture. So the watches of night, uh, let's see if I get this right, would begin at 6 in the evening. 6 to 9 is the first watch. 9 to 12, the second watch. 12 to 3, the third watch. 3 to 6, the fourth watch. So the shepherds are watching the watches of night, meaning they were there the whole time. <laughs> they had to watch all of the watches of night. So again, Four watches mentioned in Scripture. I want to go through this with you because I think it's really important. I think you really relate to this. The first watch is mentioned in Lamentations 2.19. It says, Arise, cry out in the night. At the beginning of the night watches. Pour out your heart like water before the presence of the Lord. Lift your hands to him for the lives of your children who faint for hunger at the head of every street. The first watch of night. The second and third watch of night are mentioned in Luke 12, 35 through 38. It says this, stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning. <laughs> and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table, and he will come and serve them if he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake. Blessed are those servants. Do you hear the promises in these mentionings of the watch? Then the fourth watch. This is the kicker. Pay close attention here. The fourth watch, Matthew 14, 25. You, you, you recall the story. Jesus had sent the disciples out on the boat without him. The boat's far from land. The waves are beating against it. The wind is against them. They're paddling that boat, trying to get to the other side. They're exhausted physically, mentally, and spiritually. In the fourth watch of the night, the scripture says, he came to them walking on the sea. The fourth watch of night. I don't know what watch of the night you are in, but you have an assignment in that watch of hope-filled expectation that you need to complete. Keep looking up. This may be your darkest hour. You've cried out in the first watch. You've stayed dressed for action. And with what little oil you have left, you've kept the lamps burning, waiting with great anticipation for the master's knock. You're tired, but you're awake. And now you're in the fourth watch of the night. Listen to me. You are closer now to the light of hope fulfilled than you've ever been. The fourth watch of the night. Don't defer the hope. Find, regain the passion for the promise, the confidence of a God who is always right on time. Because in an instant, the light of glory can break that night. Maybe you need to be thrilled by hope. 
Maybe your night has become so dark that you don't even know what a thrill of hope would look like. Ask Abraham, who was promised a son when he was 99 years old. That's a thrill of hope. Ask Noah, who saw the door of the ark fold up at the first sight of rain in human history. That's a thrill of hope. Ask Moses, who not only saw the sea split, but watched the ground dry up so they could walk on it. Ask Joshua, who watched fortifying walls fall down because they marched around him and blew trumpets. That's a thrill of hope. Ask Daniel, who stayed the night with lions. Ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they found the fourth man in their fire. They'll tell you what a thrill of hope looks like. Ask the thief on the cross who met Jesus at the lowest place in his life as his heart was beating for the final times of its life. Every single one of these circumstances, not only was there a thrill, but there was hope, and that hope was Jesus Every single time. And if he did it for them, he'll do it for you. That's the promise, right? If he did it for them in their darkness, in their lonesomeness, when their back was against the wall, when they were tossed into the flames, then he can do it for you. You have this same hope. Watch for the thrill. The shepherd's night looked a little something like this. In the darkness, while keeping watch, Luke 2, verses 9 through 10, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. No kidding, right? I would call an angel appearing to you at night a thrill of hope. Wouldn't you? I would, I would call it a thrill of hope. And then we get into verse 10. And the angel said, I'm going to just do a little Jimmy Fry commentary for you here. And the angel said, that means there was a word. The angel preached a word from God, and that word to them was this, fear not. That's a good sermon right there. It would be great if we just came here next Sunday and I was like, fear not. And we all went home and we weren't afraid anymore. Isn't that the story of Christmas? Two words, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David. Again, promises fulfilled. Promises fulfilled. Who is Christ, the promise fulfiller, the Lord. So this is the shepherds. Sitting there, doing their job, keeping watch. It doesn't say the shepherds who were napping and supposed to be watching the sheep. No, they were in the fields, keeping watch, doing their job with expectation. 
the hopeless shepherds were waiting for something to happen. Our view of God and His Word will absolutely affect the hope that we have. Because a small God will beget small hope, right? But knowing God and knowing Christ, which is eternal life, is grounds for possessing a hope that bursts forth in our souls on a daily basis. Our feelings change, but God don't. That angel's announcement now rings throughout the earth. Fear not. Fear not. More than that, it rings from the lips of all who believe. That means we have the God-given ability to drown out the darkness by by declaring to that darkness the good news. We think it's cool that the angels showed up to the shepherds at night and announced this, fear not. But you know, since that day, that assignment has been transferred to us. We're the ones that take the message to the hillside of the hopeless people, declaring, fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. I don't know what's crazier. An angel making that announcement or us. God's glory was revealed at creation that started with darkness. It was in the tabernacle. His glory was in the temple but had departed because of sin, which brought back darkness, right? And we know that there's 400 years of darkness, 400 years of silence where God doesn't speak. And as we sing in the old song, long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appears till he appears and the soul felt its worth the glory of God comes back to earth in human form in the manger the trough becomes the holy of holies you're not too low for the God of the universe to reach you he came to a trough. The announcement made to the unclean shepherds, that's the hope that we have. I want to back up to verse 8, and this is all I wanted to preach on, but it just didn't pan out that way. Um, my, my eyes all week were drawn to five words uh, in, in Scripture, these Scriptures. Uh, so back up to verse 8 here real quick. It says this, And in that same region, that's cool. Like, we, we, we read the Bible and we think, we, we, yeah, we kind of get information, just kind of fill in. No information is just to fill in things. It's all divine. 
It is all divine. Uh, and in that same region, so of course when you read that, you have to go backwards, right, and wonder what was happening, what else was happening in that region, right? So, so the thing is this, you don't know what's happening in the same region of your night. Shepherds didn't know. Not far from where the shepherds were grinding through life as the poor and the lowly with no sign of anything ever changing for them in hopelessness in that same region, all eternity was changing. In that same region. God came down in that same region was Emmanuel, God with us. There was a prelude to the announcements given to the shepherds in the field. And here's the incredible thing. It is the exact same prelude to wherever you are now. It's the exact same prelude to whatever you're going through now. In that same region, God is with us. A Savior who is Christ the Lord in the same region in your story. That hasn't changed. So what is a thrill of hope? It's having a passion for the promise and seeing that promise is closer than you thought. It's just over there. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. That's hope. It's hope that sends a chill up your spine. It's a hope that causes you to fall on your knees, not just to hear, but to join the angels' voices. It's a hope that tells us the night can be divine. God in flesh was born forever with us. Just be sure in the night you're keeping watch. Just be sure in the night you're looking up. What is it we need more of this Christmas? What is it this Christmas that we need to fix our eyes and our hearts upon? I believe for us, church, this Christmas we need to focus on hope. Not just having hope, but giving hope. To the atheist, we've got to give hope. To the orphan and the widow, we have to give hope. To the alcoholic, we have to give hope. To the marriage that is crumbling, we have to give hope. To the life that is dying, we have to give hope. To our brothers and sisters in Christ, we have to give hope. And to our own downcast soul, we have to give hope. Remind your mind and reinforce your heart. Our joy is connected to our hope, and our hope is connected to our Savior, and our Savior is connected to our God. So the height of our hope is God himself, and the width of our hope is God himself. I like our odds. 
We might still be sorrowful people, though. I don't want you to beat yourself up because you can't smile today. Because that happens. We, we can still be burdened. We can still be broken. We can still be beaten up. Uh, our hope, Christian hope, biblical hope, doesn't mean we have to look at the world and our life with a blindfold on. It's not what it means. Life stinks sometimes. But... What we have is the kind of hope that looks at a sealed and guarded grave and says, just wait, the light wins. That's our hope. The good news of the gospel guarantees hope. It doesn't guarantee comfort and health and wealth or peace with the world. It guarantees he came for us and it guarantees he's coming back for us. Remind yourself of the promises that were fulfilled and the promises that will be fulfilled. Christ, the Savior, was born. The cross is empty. The tomb is wide open. The throne is occupied. Gabriel is polishing his trumpet and the angel choir is warming up. Nothing injects more hope into our veins than the conquering of death and the victory of eternal life with our Lord. And this world can't take that from you. No greater promise than that of the resurrected and ascended king. God upon the throne in Christ as our intercessor. And until he comes to get us, we are filled with overflowing Holy Spirit. Find your passion for the promise. Sometimes it might be harder to get it going and so I would encourage you today, just sit and watch like the shepherds. You're, you're isolated, you're tired, you're worn out, you're looking, you're longing, you're anxious, you're depressed, you're broken. I want you to know that to those feelings and emotion, to those weary hearts and fears, the promise still rings true from Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. And here's this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Take it to the bank. The baby that was born is the Christ that was crucified. The crying infant's voice 
with the same vocal cords that cried out, It is finished. The baby that fell asleep in the manger would awaken from the tomb. You see, the hope of Christmas is only complete with the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The same Christ who came down as an infant will come back as a conquering king. And all those things that seem to hold us down and hold us back will shatter in his glorious light. My hope is built on nothing less. Then Jesus' blood and righteousness, I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name because Jesus is central to our hope. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. I pray that this Christmas you experience a thrill of hope and regain a passion for the promise. Let's pray. Lord, thank you today for your word. Thank you today for the hope that we have, the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that our hearts are made brighter today by your word. God, not that we will be, not that we will feel like we have to shake this darkness off on our own, but know that you are a God of the light, and your light shatters the darkness. God, might we be encouraged if we are watching the watches of night? Might we understand that you're still God? You still made promises and keep promises. And God, might your words shine bright in our lives today. Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to Pastor Jimmy Fry from Free Christian Church of God in Continental Ohio. We hope you have enjoyed today's message, and we would like to invite you to visit us next Sunday morning. Our Sunday morning services begin with Sunday school at 9:30, followed by the worship service at 10:30. Free Christian Church of God is located on the corner of State Route 15 and State Route 634, just north of Continental. For more information regarding this or other ministries, call the church office at area code 419-596-3103 or visit our website at www.freecog.org. This has been a Free Christian Church of God audio outreach ministries production.